Before we start today's episode, I want to give a shout out to our latest Patreon backer, Chase Youngwilter. Thank you so much for helping support the show, Chase. It is truly appreciated from the bottom of my heart. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash relived, where we should hopefully have some new content coming very soon. Chase is also a regular in the chat at twitch.tv forward slash ltdangerous, where we have weekly Wrestling Wednesday streams, where we played WrestleMania X8 on the GameCube, as well as Legends of Wrestling and course WWE 2K23 in which we run Ruthless Universe, a universe mode save comprised of everyone who ever held a championship belt during the Ruthless Aggression era, plus some little bonuses beside. Between Main Event Maven and NWO Bobby Lashley, we've had some pretty fun stuff happening, so be sure to follow us over at twitch.tv forward slash LTDangerous. Your support helps make this show possible, so thank you so much to all of you. Now, on with the show! From 2002 to 2008, World Wrestling Entertainment produced the Ruthless Aggression Era. Ruthless Aggression! As a power vacuum formed in the wake of wrestling's biggest boom period, WWE producers and superstars alike worked to reinvigorate their company and recapture success and acclaim. In the process, a string of future Hall of Fame level talent rose to the top and enjoyed crossover appeal in the public consciousness. We're going to take a trip back in time and travel through this amazing period in WWE history. The matches, the storylines, the home media and more. Every triumph and every heartbreak. Whether you were watching as it all unfolded, or you're here to learn about this era for the first time, this series will have something for you. This is Ruthless Aggression Relived. Ruthless Aggression! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, they're hopefully not too young given uh, the subject of today's episode. Welcome back to Ruthless Aggression Relived. It's me, it's me, it's LT. And joining me today as we uh, go down very different territory, uh, it's the wonderful Katie Lawson. Katie, how in God's name are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm glad that I am the person that you went to immediately to be roped in for watching <laughs> this debauchery. Immediately the first person you go to for this. I'm doing great. Not as great as I was after watching this, because after this I slammed my head into a wall. It was, it was <laughs> something else. I uh, Let's see, What what? how did Katie phrase this? Um, <laughs> I got a message... Uh, all caps, you warned me, but no warning could have prepared me. This is the worst WWE product I've ever watched. I stand by that. I've watched a lot of old WWE through. I've watched a lot of the terrible WWE that's through. This is at least up there with the worst that I've ever watched. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> it was... It was. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, today we are not watching a regular wrestling show. Oh, no, no. We are watching the Divas get into their pants. Not American-style pants, British pants, if you please, which is to say, little flimsy bits of fabric. It's Divas Undressed, the TV special! And I feel very special for having watched this. I don't know about you. 
Can I also? I just want to clarify because they ha- they used a bunch of names for this. Is it was this called Divas Undressed? Is that the official name they used for it? That's yeah. That that's the well. It was the New York City Thongathon. Yes, because they used multiple was, names to describe it yes. across the show. I believe that was how they marketed it to get people in the building, and then they realized, oh no, it's a wrestling thing. Oh no, the doors are locked, we can't get out. Slamming on the doors going, Jerry Lawler's here, no, no, <laughs> not again! <laughs> Smacking the door. But this uh, this was available on uh, DVD. I don't know if it was on VHS, I imagine it probably was. I want to find the person who has this on VHS, I want to ask yeah. them what's wrong. <laughs> but certainly this is on DVD. This is one of those shows where I was like, oh wow, okay, a wrestling thing that's not a wrestling show. Because obviously we didn't have the TV TV special of this in Britain, uh-huh. but I saw the DVD and it was advertised in the magazines and it was in the Silver Vision catalog, and it was like, oh, cool, okay, a, a divas thing. I wonder what that's about. And then you look on the back of the box and it spoils the only good jokes on the show, and you sort of go, oh, it's a, it's a sexy thing. I should probably put this back on the shelf. This is not quite right somehow. Yeah, this this is this is one of those DVDs that wouldn't be put with the other WWE DVDs of the pay-per-views. This would be no. in that section along with like XXX Babes XL <laughs> rated hard core smashing fire and whatever. That would be in that section that is locked behind like a, a little glass window that they have in the corner of the room. But the thing is I I genuinely don't know who this is appealing to because the wrestling content on this is very, very limited, and if you did watch this hoping to see nudity, you would be disappointed. Well, it's, it's. I think it's, it's one of those markets, it's the one for people which is specifically that little bit that is, oh, I want to watch something that is debauchery and horny and all that kind of stuff, but I don't want to buy full porn. I want to see, no. like, you know, that soft core that's just to the point of being porn, so I can get a little bit excited and then not fully blow my uh, excitement over. <laughs> This is back in the days before the Babes, uh, Babe Station five minutes preview. Oh, that is dating you. That is that is, no, giving, that is putting your age. <laughs> that is putting your age on that, there, I, my friend. I, I imagine. I imagine that channel probably doesn't even exist anymore. It doesn't. You know, in the in the day and age of uh, titillation being found easily online, they've probably gone no onto the web now. There might be a web version of Babe probably. Station. Probably. I haven't looked into it. I'm not going to. I don't want to wreck my browser history. That's something. That's some homework for the viewers to go do. <laughs> yeah, do that or don't. Either way. Um, but for a bit, a little bit of context. Um, this was the era of, uh, what was it, Girls Gone Wild? Was that the the show? Yeah. Um, very popular sort of, not quite porn show in uh, in America, and that influenced the wrestling landscape in more ways than one, as it turned out. You know, that was why we had uh, the weekly pay per view model of the early TNA shows, uh, and also the. You know the, the the hint that you might be getting to see something a little bit naughty. That's kind of there in some of the early TNA stuff. And here's WWE's attempt at it because they were given this slot for a TV special. Uh, obviously, you know, decided you can't fit a pay per view into a one hour TV special. So let's have the divas walk around in their undies. Yes, yeah. This what is this is this want? is the other form of pay per view that people expect to get. It's the other yeah. the other definition of pay per view. The other the, the, the original kind. The original. So. Oh gosh, I feel we 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 are going around in circles to avoid starting actually yeah, addressing I, this. <laughs> I honestly I feel so strange 
I, I, I feel strange even having watched this. I was like, when when I was like doing doing the sh the schedule um, to plan out the two thousand two episodes, I was like, okay, so that DVD that can be discussed at some point when it, we do a, when I do like a DVD review of it, and then watching through the Raws and Smackdowns leading up to it, it's like, oh no, this is part of at least three different storylines, if not more. I have to cover this. Oh no, it was televised. I definitely have to cover this. You poor, God help poor, us all. poor, poor man, and now you've roped me in, and now we're poor, poor people well, for it. <laughs> I mean, as I alluded to previously, I think you're the only one of my friends who I could have asked to help co-host this one that wouldn't put me on some kind of government watch list. I'm the only one qualified, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, alright, let's just jump in both feet, shall we? Let's let's look at the divas as they undress. Let's, no, no, that came out wrong. I don't like that. <laughs> let's look no. at divas undressed, I believe. Yes, no, God, I, I, you can't even say it. Okay, so the show starts with uh, a cold open, uh, if yeah, you can believe this, that. This show opened really, like, this whole show is presented really badly for me. Like, it, mm. it, it's just very really weirdly. And the opening for it, with no, like, big theatrics or fanfare, is just, it's just, welcome to Times Square, here's a limousine. <laughs> yeah, uh, the contesting divas all arrive in town for the New York City Thongathon. Uh, so we see... Uh, the arrival of Terry, Nydia, Jackie, Linda, Dawn Marie, Tori Wilson, and Stacey Keebler. Exciting! Yep, uh, one funny thing here as well, because I, I have enough of a deep wrestling knowledge, I have no idea who Linda is, is a very fun thing here. So... Uh, Linda is one of the winners of Tough Enough, she would go on to play Shaniqua. Right, yeah, I thought she looks obviously familiar, and then obviously there is something that alludes to that later, but her being called Linda, yes. I was like, what, who is, like, they called Linda, and I was half expecting, I was looking away, I looked back, I was like, Linda McMahon? Why, is, <laughs> why, would, you, why, would, you, why would you include her? Is she in the That'll wheelchair the that she's rising out of? That would be the worst it's a, yeah, they, they do the intro, and it's just them showing the people coming out of the limo, while they describe mm. this as the sexiest thing to ever hit Times Square. There's no way that can be true. No, I, I, I know a bunch of stuff about Times Square, that's definitely not true. <laughs> Times Square has, I didn't look into it, but there's no Times way. Square has a very prolific um, uh, nightlife around it. This is nowhere near the oh. sexiest thing to do with Times Square. Oh no, <laughs> like, presumably actual sex. Also, at some point. Um, and <laughs> obviously this will be brought up later on in the thing, but again, also just the presentation of this. They're presenting it as like this really illustrious thing, while also admitting <laughs> how low-grade and debauched it is. Like, they're going, this is the sexiest thing to hit Times Square. History is being made today, here in Times Square. And it's like, for the Fongathon! It's like, okay, great. That's not historical or great. Why are you presenting it as such? It's WWE doing the classic job of having their cake and eating it too, and also smashing it against the fucking wall. Haha, <laughs> cake. Anyway. Cake. <laughs> So, ladies and gentlemen, June 29th, 2002, uh, no viewing figures available for this one. To find. <laughs> six. Um, six on pay-per-view. Six entire people. Uh, with Jonathan Coachman hosting... Why is Michael he the Cole. host, by the way? Why is Coachman, the least sexiest man in the world, hosting this? I, 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 I think Coach is a perfectly fine candidate for sexy hosting duties. Because nobody else was available. <laughs> I, 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 I am going to be honest. Were it up to me, I would have given it to me and Gene. No, oh, absolutely. Me and Gene would have sold this fully. Else. It would have been great. Yeah. 
Coach is hosting, Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler are on commentary, and a capacity crowd of literally roughly 200 people are here at the world at this uh, arse-themed TV special. Do they ever say what the actual location was that they're doing this in, or was it just in Times Square? Yeah, it's uh, it's WWE's own restaurant, The World. Oh, yeah, Formerly WWF yes. New York. That one that did exist. I didn't realise that was the same venue. Uh, I, can, you imagine, yeah. can you imagine being one of the patrons like, oh, I just want to go along, get a burger, and you turn up and it's <laughs> it's Thongathon night. Oh, sh- oh no. It's Thongathon night and the burger's crap. Oh, no, my, and my burger's got a thong on it. What are, the, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so Coach introduces us to the judges of the contest. Oh, Firstly... <laughs> Judges, by the way, it's the greatest mix of people you could ever it's have. It's so <laughs> bizarre. Uh, Maven is the first one we meet, and given he recently broke his leg, apparently he's fine now. Woohoo! Good for him. I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see upheld. more Maven. Glad to see him. We all, we like Maven. Uh, up next is Paul Heyman, who gets booed, and he's reveling in it. He's playing up his character. Uh, thirdly, Al Snow, and fourthly, Jazz. And then the final judge we meet is uh, Edge. So it, it's nice, you know, while Jazz and Edge are injured, it's nice for them to get an extra payday. Yeah, they, they also, it, so. they gave them introductions for each, for like a couple of these. Like they say Al Snow was here from Tough Enough, and they said Jazz was injured. And then they were introducing Edge, and they said King of the Ring and Icy Champion. And I was really like, mm-hmm. oh, I hope it's Ken Shamrock. But <laughs> I was like, I was like, Ken Shamrock would be so good on this card. And then it turns out to be Edge, and I was like, oh, okay. That's fine, we'll take Edge here. <laughs> Ken Shamrock, oh my god, can you imagine, like, they walk out on the on the room where Ken Shamrock is just there going, Aah! Yeah, just, just, no, just going really angrily, just flexing the entire time and staring them down. I mean, Edge makes sense, obviously, the rated R man that he is. But... Well, indeed. So Michael Cole tries to insist that this is a serious competition, and King immediately undermines him with his traditional trademark horniness. Can I just say, by the way, Lawler is somehow even hornier here than he ever is. Like, obviously I get that he is going to be horny here, but he is just like, usually it's like veiled. Here he is just full on going like, my cock is hard. Like, he is... the the lid is off. He is a sweaty pervert, and obviously, uh, as will be revealed as well, a actual fucking uh, criminal in this as well. Dangerous criminal. Dangerous, dangerous sexually assaulting criminal, as we'll get to. Hmm. But... Uh, Cole says there will be three contests here tonight. There will be the Teddy competition, and King responds that he will, he is ready for the Titty competition. Haha, <laughs> very funny. Thank you, Lola. Cole then says there will be a bra and panties competition and a fantasy free-for-all in which the girls are encouraged to use their imagination. Oh dear. It's such a WWE thing, by the way, to name the last Isn't category it? fantasy free-for-all. Like it's an actual, <laughs> like, like the greatest Royal Rumble. Welcome everyone to the fantasy free Everybody enters the, it's, it's such a WWE, we're trying to make this sound cool. They should have just called it the get your fetishes off, get your rocks off category. It's not, oh, yeah. it's not, Anyway, it's, 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 all of this is, the issue I have with this, and I think this is going to be a thing that comes across all of this, it's obviously, or one of many, but the main (laughs) issue is this obviously is trying to be this like, you know, horny, softcore, near pornography thing, but it's got so much of the WWE layer over it that just makes it feel so, obviously it feels WWE, but it feels just so, I don't know, just so weird for that presentation, like that being like the fantasy free for all. And trying to present it all with like this veneer of sports entertainment just makes it feel even. I would have preferred if it was just here's some hot women, here they come out, and that's it. But they're trying to present it with this style that just makes it feel so odd and just weird to engage with for the entire program. 
I would have kind of been okay with it if it was just like, well, here's an hour-long profile on the Divas. Here, here, here are the women of WWE. You know, if if they'd done it like that, even if it was just like the boring sort of, you know, here's video footage of them in swimsuits and they're going to talk about themselves, which is what we usually get from the the Divas DVDs. Yeah, just like the but... or like the things they did with Playboy a couple of times, or like Sable or sure. whatever, where it's just like those. Here's here's a couple of views of the Diva, and here's a couple of things that they did. Obviously, none of this is great, but that would have been more unpalatable. <laughs> sure. Now, the winner of the competition will receive the quote-unquote coveted Golden Thong Award, which is a trophy of an arse. They also, yeah, also the one and only much coveted golden ass. <laughs> yeah, because the, the first of its kind, the last of its kind. Again, hyping this like it's the greatest competition and greatest spectacle you could <laughs> ever win for this great historical serious competition of women getting their baps out. It's, it's so strange. Uh, Jerry Lawler informs us that he has set up a high-tech camera in the Divas dressing room and promises naked women thanks to King TV. King... This is exceptionally illegal. I straight up wrote in my notes, you fucking what, when he said that he set up King TV. Straight up, this is just straight up sexual harassment. This is putting a camera in the room of women changing and filming them. I, I mean, I, I like to think our audience are intelligent enough to do this, but just in case, uh, legal disclaimer, do not fucking do this. Uh, also, legal disclaimer, don't follow anything Jerry Lawler ever does. <laughs> this ever, is... ever, ever, ever. Oh, it was... Again, show is awful overall. That really... That and something else later on really just made me go, oh, oh, I can tell what year this is from. Oh, God, this is of an era. So we see some footage from the camera, and, you know, for better or worse, it does become immediately clear that it's all going to be a bit of scripted silliness, and it's kind of glossing over the gross creepiness of it. Thank goodness, because if they if they'd have played it any other way, I think it would have made the whole thing even worse. It would have made it's it already even more good. uncomfortable, yes. Mm. So up first is the Teddy competition. And uh, out first comes Stacy wearing not very much. And I will admit I was confused here because I didn't realise Teddy was a kind of dress, and I yes. thought they were going to come out to pose with cute little bears. So, yeah, uh, American versus British thing here that I only know about because obviously uh, I, I I know female clothing. Uh, so a Teddy sure. <laughs> a teddy in the UK would be called, like, a negligee, or right. basically that kind of thing that you... It's that thing that, you know, you, you're... It's like the undressing sense that then the woman would be going to bed, but it's like that sexy kind that's between, like, bed and uh, actual doing the sex. Uh, so, uh, yeah. The all... act of a sex. Yeah, it's like, a, it's a one, a teddy is a one-piece garment. Uh, but I'll be honest, most of these I came out with, I don't know if I'd count as teddies. Uh, and since this is a serious competition, I was rating on how much of a good teddy it was, and I was giving them oh, no. checking for making sure, they said it's a serious competition, LT. I had to be serious. <laughs> I had to make sure. <laughs> I'm glad you were taking it seriously. If I didn't I do this, wasn't. I'd have been punching myself in the face repeatedly. Fair. I had to give myself a meaning. <laughs> well, but, uh, what did you think to Stacy's outfit? Uh, Stacy's was just very. I gave it a. So I did give ratings to each of these, by the way, and I will go through them because it is the only thing I have, or I will lose Dave my. Dave Meltzer, eat your heart. <laughs> uh, Stacy's was very, you know, as uh, respectful as I guess you could be for coming out onto a stage for a bunch of horny men wearing a see-through white lace outfit. Uh, yes. So hers was okay. I gave it an average rating there. Okay. 
Also, something weird that comes up as well, which I don't know if you noticed here, they do nameplates, <laughs> but for only half of the divas. <laughs> so they show a nameplate for Stacy, and that comes up saying Stacy, but then they yes. don't do one for the next one, and then they just randomly show these nameplates when they decide to. <laughs> it's very, very odd. Uh, so the format of this is each of the girls come out and they strut the runway in turn, and then they go away again. So next we have Linda, who comes out in a sort of swimsuit-looking thing. What did we think of uh, Linda's outfit? Yep, a, a black one-piece that she came out in. Uh, so, I'll be honest, uh, Linda, I, I gave her high ratings all the time just because I like her, and I did also check that she was Shaniqua, and I was like, ah, okay, I am a fan of her. Uh, <laughs> do like Shaniqua. Don't read anything into that, I'll read into it more later. <laughs> but, um, especially in the third category. But uh, Lin uh, Linda's... Uh, okay, I don't feel weird calling her Linda. Linda McMahon's mm. Black One Piece. Uh, was oh, very, no. It was very nice, very lovely. Again, as lovely as it could be for this kind of competition. I'll add that caveat on all of these here. Yes. Um, but also one thing with all of these, which is very funny, is you've got all this... So I hyped up, this is the main thing of the competition, is these women coming out in these scanty outfits. And it's yes. presented so dull. <laughs> they just they get a little bit of their entrance music, they come out, they walk a laugh, and they leave. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, there's only a little bit of theatrically add to it, but most, most of the time... There's very little play to the crowd yeah it's just like walk up it's it, wear the outfit walk down the thing pose a little bit walk away and it's like okay mm. they clearly don't have enthusiasm here <laughs> no uh, up next is Dawn Marie in a very revealing dress uh, yeah. due to her character. Uh, yeah, very. Uh, and Paul Heyman pulls out a camera and takes a photo, which uh, I will admit I got that got a laugh out. Hey Heyman was a very big mix of uh, you liked him a lot and I disliked him a lot on this show. We we, we did mention he, before. He really did make me laugh. Yeah, he had some funny bits on it, and I will say the camera bit was pretty good. Um, mm. But. Uh, yeah, he was he was a fair he, he like, obviously he's the only judge that was really like playing up a lot because it is Heyman. Yes. Uh but also Dawn Marie getting a a crowd favorite uh, reaction when she came out. Uh, but uh, yeah, as you said, wearing very little. It was nice. It was okay. Uh, I actually uh, think Dawn Marie was okay. She was all right there. Also, she okay. she uh, she didn't have a nameplate. Linda did, by the way. <laughs> so oh, outranked by the newbie. Yes. Uh, the next sentence I have written down here is. Tori is next in a white God, this is boring. <laughs> I'm glad you and me have pretty much the same notes. Tori comes out in just like a white teddy thing and I just went, oh. And I just wrote, okay, ugh. And that was it. <laughs> <I> just, <"Ugh." laughs> and then and then somehow after this, after, you know, the, the just, like, you know, again, we, we don't want to objectify the women here, but if we are, no, God, if no. we are no, having, no. if we are having to rate them at least on this, Tori looks bored and it's boring. But Lawler still goes, <laughs> I can feel, literally, I'm pretty sure it shares on commentary, I can feel my penis swelling. And I was like, okay, oh, no. thank you, Jerry the King Lawler, for not even bailing it anymore, just saying that you've got an erection. <laughs> Horrible man. So just as I start falling asleep, uh, fortunately, out comes Nydia, and she's wearing a, a brazier sort of thing. Hers doesn't and... count, by the way. I gave her a low rating because it's not a because teddy. it's the wrong kind of. Thing, it's it's right. a corset she came out with. She was wearing oh, okay. an overplussed corset. That's not the bloody category. <laughs> That's a different category, Nydia. Uh, she does sort of like comedy spots. She poses awkwardly, trips in her heels a little bit. Uh, coach calls her tawdry, which seems really. 
rather cruel. Yeah, this woman, Ooh. this woman is willingly coming out here to dress up as a, as you know, show off her body parts for doing this dumb, horny event, and you're going to go and ah. look like an idiot while doing so. Yeah, she's and... willing to she's willing to be the stupid one on the show. Yeah, and then they're gonna go ha 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 ha. Even though Nidia is also just very lovely looking, she's perfectly fine, mm, but she's obviously playing absolutely. she's playing some character to actually give us something to care about on this goddamn mm. show. By the way, Nidia does have a nameplate as well. <laughs> Uh, up next is Terry in a genuinely hideous outfit. I'm so glad you hated it as well. I saw this and she took off the thing to show the leopard and it genuinely looked like she had like comical like sagging boobs that like they had on like jackass when they did like old people's like dress up <laughs> oh, no. things, which wasn't, you know, not an, a slight on Terry, but the actual outfit was awful. She looked mm. like an old sofa from the 70s. It was dreadful. <laughs> Um, Heyman goes to take another photo of Terry and Jazz kind of looks at him unimpressed, which kind of got a giggle out of me, but then a genuine laugh from Jerry Lawler on commentary. Jerry Lawler calls Heyman a dirty old cream with yeah. like a complete lack of self-awareness. That was, that was the one, what I will say is the one Jerry Lawler comment this show that did make me giggle was him going, Ah, mm. oh, that awful creep! How dare he objectify this woman? <laughs> My penis is horrid! Thank you, Jerry. <laughs> That's great. Up next, then, is Jackie Gator, who comes out with her arse basically out. I'll be honest, I gave this one a high score. <laughs> I can't I... imagine why. No, I mean, again, again, and I'm going to keep adding the caveat, obviously, you know, terrible situation here, but Jackie is very attractive, and this was a very she lovely is. outfit. A, ni- a nice blue lace combination thing, as you say, her arse entirely out. To be honest, so was most of the women here. They they were definitely having what I would call their underwear eaten by mm. <laughs> some of their extremities, which, you know, is kind of the path of the course here. Uh, but after this, we also have a special surprise that I didn't realise was on the show. Oh. Which was... Would that be uh, the special appearance of one Patricia Stratton? Yeah, so I presumed when obviously they showed the limo at the start and they had all of these people come out, I was like, okay, that is establishing the contestants. Inexplicably, yes. Trish Stratus turns up in her ring gear. <laughs> I was going to say, she's in her ring gear. Like, Trish, that is 100% not following the rules of the competition. Yeah, that got a 0 out of 10. Surely you... you rated her lowly for this. Yeah, yeah, she got a 0 out of 10. She just turned up in ring gear. I mean, she had a one piece under a ring gear, but she... Pretty much does anyway. Uh, but she mm. was, she did pay for her boring crimes. <laughs> she did. Uh, because Jazz leaps onto the stage and decides to belt Trish with the most ECW weapon of all time, that fan's crutch. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yep, and you... then chokes her before leaving. Yeah, she, um, I, I'm glad that Jazz's involvement on the show was she didn't get, she didn't wear a revealing outfits, so she didn't have to show herself off there. All she yeah. did was get, was look unimpressed as a judge, get up and chump her Trish Stratus's Gargano, and then <laughs> get taken away by security, and then bugger off for the rest of the show. So Great good. payday for her. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. The fans boo her and then immediately start chanting for her, which is just fucking brilliant. It's so good. I mean, this you know, obviously, there's a as we'll sort of discuss later. There's obviously a lot of ECW fans in the building tonight, yes. so I think they were on Jazz's side. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Cole and King discuss what just happened, and this was the point where, it, to me, it kind of becomes clear they did it just to write Trish out, yes. so someone else can have the spotlight for a change. Because the truth of the matter is, Trish had won so many of these underwear contests that it become a foregone conclusion. So this lets them give the win to someone else for a change. Yeah, it's like if you uh, to, to compare. Somehow I'm comparing this show to actual proper wrestling. It's taking mm. Roman Reigns out of the Royal Rumble match so it doesn't seem as obvious when he wins. <laughs> exactly. 
But also, of course, they are transitioning Trish into being more of a proper full-time wrestler, so moving her away from the lingerie side of things is probably a wise choice for her character. Yeah, great, great for her and awful for the rest of the women's division. <laughs> Pretty much! Uh, backstage, then, Stacy and Jackie both assure one another that what has just happened will clear the way for their victory, both of them thinking that they'll get the win. Can now, I... the two of them... Sorry, go ahead. Can I just say, by the way, that acting here I is, is some of the worst WWE acting ever seen on the screen. That is a low bar. It was. It is a low bar, obviously. You have had people who have turned up and done terrible acting, but these two genuinely read like it's high school, uh, like, theatre kids reading lines for the first time. It's so good. They're like, I'm going to win the competition. No, I'm going to win the competition. We'll see who wins the... <laughs> it's like, okay. Okay. <laughs> now things are getting heated and they're about to get physical, but they are stopped by Rico! He had to be on this show, didn't he? I fucking love Rico I so love, much. I love Rico, and I especially love Rico on this show because... He's one of the high points, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. This, this show has a lot... Basically, the point of the show is the actual main thing is the worst part about it, the actual contest. Everything that yeah. distracts away from that is great. So, J yeah. Jazz attacking uh, Trish is great. Rico turning up is great. Uh, just Heyman being... Just Paul Heyman is better because it's <laughs> It's not the actual show. Uh, later things on as well uh, in the show are really lovely because they're not the actual awful uh, parading around of women. Uh, yeah. And also, I mean, we had to have Rico being his Exotico gimmick here. Uh, of course. And also doing, like, uh, a gay fashion manager, I guess, is his other gimmick that he had around this time, is what you described that as? Yeah, he's... he's uh... Billy and Chuck's uh, fashion designer. Yes. I, I think it was one of those where they always stopped just short of saying he is gay. Yeah. But, but he was very clearly a, a, a gay-coded character. Yeah, but also one of those of-the-era gay-coded characters who seems oh, gotcha. to get very tenacious in with the women, to the point where it's like <laughs> we can we can argue that he isn't gay because he is always in the women's locker room staring at their titties. But no, but no, no, no. <laughs> but he also doesn't want to do with the women because he's uh, sorting out their outfit or whatever. Or Thank you, Rico. Well, he does offer Stacy and Jackie some fashion advice, but neither of them seem particularly impressed. Yeah, he tells one of them to sway and sashay away like he's RuPaul. Uh, <laughs> and uh, to the other one says that if you spent as much time on your front as you did on your rear, you'd be winning. Which is like, okay, Rico, that's a bit... Good mean. lord. And that's, then, a, that's a bit over the line. Yeah, and then he describes himself as a magician. And then I'm just confused <laughs> what's going on from here, Rico. <laughs> so as uh, the ladies are getting prepared for the next round, Coach... Uh, has a little bit of a chat with some of the judges. He oh. asks Edge, who has the edge in the contest. Uh, edge asks why it took WWE so long to do a thongathon and suggests everyone get the golden thong, even Coach, as he has junk in the trunk. And that Coach was not <laughs> expecting that because he fucking breaks at that line. I am. Um, I'll be honest. I I I I don't enjoy most things that I see Jonathan Coachman doing. But having Edge <laughs> imply that he's going to be wearing a thong and seeing Jonathan Coachman genuinely go, ah, 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 what ah, is great? <laughs> doing Coach noise. Yeah. Oh no! no, 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 no. So good. I did enjoy. It. I, I enjoyed this interview bit again because it distracts away from the actual show. Yeah. Uh, Coach asks Maven if uh, his kayfabe girlfriend Tori did anything to sway his judgment, and Maven says, 
he can't remember anything being quite this hard. Yep, the straight up. Hey, imp- lads, 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 lads. I'm pretty sure they also just straight up imply that he got given head before this competition. So. Oh, he he absolutely got head on an episode of SmackDown uh, recently, so that was great. Tying it all together, it's canon. Look, they're keeping it's, the canon it's together. It's great. I'm so proud. Um, but then there's a genuinely funny camera shot here. After Maven makes this joke about basically, I have a boner, the camera pans over to Al Snow and he, he's looking at Maven like a disapproving dad. And then, and then Coachman describes him as the daddy of the competition, which yeah. was um... he he asks Al if it's difficult because three of the entrants are quote unquote his tough enough kids. And then we have literally the worst thing said by anyone all night for putting an awful image in my mind, which was Al insisting he'll be fine as long as Big John Gaburik doesn't come out in a thong. Thanks! I didn't want to sleep tonight anyway! I'll be honest, Al Snow... I feel like, well, I'm fair, this is most of Al Snow's career. It feels like he didn't want to be here and he was just turning <laughs> up for this. He, every, oh. everyone else is acting here in a very, like, you know, oh, let's play up to the thing. And Al Snow's there, like, yep, okay, yep, yep, yes, I understand, yes. <laughs> I don't know if he's trying to play the straight man or whatever, but Al Snow is um, less infused than I'd expect. <laughs> yes. Up next is New York hometown boy Paul Heyman, whose very presence on screen gets a loud ECW chant from the. Should have just turned it into an ECW one night stand after that. Like that Sabu comes out in a bra and panties and doesn't. Oh god, no! You've made it immediately worse <laughs> and so much better. <laughs> uh, coach asks who the favorite is, with Trish taken out of the competition. Heyman says any of the divas could be on top. But he doesn't have a feel at who will snatch the award. This is he why I hated him on this show. <laughs> this is why. Because, like, before the whole gimmick of him, like, you know, taking photos of the women with a disposable camera and playing up that shit, like, shit heel pervert. But then he just has to go with the, the trying to do a Heyman promo, which are usually really good, but also <laughs> trying to fit in as many comments about a woman's <laughs> sexual body as possible. And as many puns as he can. I straight up wrote down just. I didn't write, sorry, write that. I just drew an unhappy face. I was just like, I I hate what you're saying here, Paul Heyman. Shut up. Don't mention Snatch ever again. No, it's it's not an attractive word, is it? No, you might as well said clunge on the fucking show. It was awful. <laughs> Backstage, Tori Wilson puts on a bra. Wow, it's blue! Wow, that's pretty much it. It's, wow! That's, that's that. Yeah, that's the segment. Yep. <laughs> no, genuinely, that's it. Outside! Yep. Here we go. Aww. Here we go. Here we go. Outside, Molly Holly protests the show with a placard reading, Dress the Divas, and a little no bikinis image. Mm. I love Molly Holly. Molly Holly took this show from being genuinely unwatchable to having a little bit of watchableness to it, just because it is, again, Molly Holly just fully committing to a bit, which she's always been great at in her career with all of her gimmicks. Now, Molly is... Obviously, this is a little bit of blurring of kayfabe and reality. Molly is not as comfortable in these kind of situations as the rest of the divas yes. which is why in the swimsuits uh magazines they do she's usually wearing outfits that are a lot less revealing um you know she'll she'll take part but she'll not do the sexy sexy stuff because she doesn't she doesn't feel comfortable doing she it. has a level so, of self-respect <laughs> yes amazing what that'll do for a woman isn't it mm-hmm. um so for the, obviously the purpose of her you know 
for the purpose of her gimmick, as we've covered on the podcast by now, she is saying that she's pure and wholesome and that makes her better than the other divas, which is a tremendous fucking heel character. <laughs> it's really um, good. For, like, again, this era was not great for women in any sort of character. No. But Molly Holly going for that, like, you know, kind of like right to censor level of, yeah, you know. Because the... it's like, well, she's, she's not in the wrong to feel this no. way. It's because she's so pious and annoying with it that's what makes her the yeah, heel like, like, she like, can't just have her opinion she has to be a dick about she, she's, it. Th- she's there on pretty much Mormon levels of like you know respectability <laughs> and put your tits away it's like okay that's great thank you Molly uh, King prepares to show us more King TV hooray Yeah, uh, we see Dawn Marie strip off but unfortunately for Jerry Lawler as Dawn Marie does take her clothes off, Rico stands in the way and blocks the camera to give her advice on her outfit. But 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 womp. Yep, again, implying that she's gotten her actual boobies out for those fans to go, Oh, Dawn Marie boobies! But there are no Dawn Marie boobies on screen, so they can keep it up as soft core porn. Yeah, gee whiz. Okay, round two. <laughs> the bra and panties competition. Tori comes out. Her outfit is blue. It's blue. Uh, what what do we think on the blueness of the outfit? Uh, well, I liked the big reveal that she did. That was quite nice for the theatrics. But the issue, the, the oh issue... yeah, when when she gets her ass out, yes, <laughs> well, she yeah she pulls <laughs> off the one pair of panties and then there's a second pair of panties underneath. Again, you're expe- which has to be cheating. You guys are expecting a vagina, but there is no vagina. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like she's a Barbie doll. There's fully <laughs> Ah, oh, Tori There's only more pants. So the issue with a bra- the issue with a bra and panties, and it's always the okay. I'm gonna go for, on a weird uh, uh, theoretical figure here, which is oh. WWE always like played up like bra and panties as like the big yes. like oh this is the most sexy thing ever. Here's a bra and panties match. Here's all this bra and panties thing here, and then you get down to the bear of it. It's just a woman in her underwear, and it's like. There's not enough there, at least like for, maybe my brain's wired differently, but I feel like if you're watching this and you're looking at that, it's just a woman in her underwear and there's not much my, more to go from that. <laughs> my contention with bra and panties matches and bra and panties anything in WWE is when you really get down to it, when you genuinely think of it, it's not actually that much more revealing than a lot of their wrestling gear. No. So why is it presented as more sexy? Like, like the, uh, the best. Am I strange? <laughs> Answers on a postcard to the usual address. No, I mean, like, like especially if you took like people. Like, I remember like an interview with Paige where Paige just said that she gets an actual bra, gives it to the seamstress, and that's her ring gear. So yeah. it is just pretty much ring gear. But then WWE always like it's like bra and panties is like the ultimate sexual. This is the biggest sex sex that you can have here in the WWE, and it's like, so, so like generally what will happen is you'll have like. Stacy Keebler will begin a bra and panties match wearing more clothes than she usually would in a wrestling match. Yes. <laughs> or just to stand at ringside. But to, to try and stick in I'm sticking the kayfabe of rating uh, the bra and panties to, for the serious competition, historical competition, uh, Tori's was good. There you go. <laughs> That's what you can well, Maven there. looked enthralled with it. Um, although Al told him off, which was kind of cute. <laughs> Thank you, Al. Up next is Nydia, and Coach almost calls her slutty, but then pivots to sultry. Coach has um, a bone to pick with Nydia, and I, I want to know he's what she's got fucking problems with this last. Yeah, I want to know what Nydia uh, did to now, this man. <laughs> I know. What Nydia is wearing is obviously supposed to be trashy, but to me, 
I didn't think it looked that bad. It was really nice. I gave it a high. I gave it a high mark. I thought it looked really nice on her. I thought it was really nice in its appearance. Again, in the context of this woman's here in her underwear, but it was nice. Like they they they're trying to build like poster is like this. She can't do sexy, and that's why she had a corset on in the teddy one that didn't fit. And then in this one, she's here in this sort of like you know kind of weird frilly brown panties. But she's they're trying to do like she's not like the other women. She's haha ugly, but she's not. <laughs> this is just fine, and she looks great. She just can't walk yeah. in heels is the only, like, bit. Uh, I'll tell you who else who doesn't mind it, and that's Edge. He's well into this one. Uh, Paul Heyman uh, tries to pass Nidira Dollar Bill as well. Well, I, I want to know why he has that on him, but I, that, that's looking, I think, too much into what Paul Heyman does outside of the uh, squared he circle. He just got confused and thought it was the strip clubs where he found the valets that you might bring to an ECW show. <laughs> Uh, I mean, to not, the- not not the wrestlers of ECW. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> not the actual wrestling ladies. Let's not be rude. No, it's no, it's Sabu. They, it's listen, Sabu they- again. It's a brothel with Sabu in it, as I said earlier. <laughs> ECW had actual porn people in it, and that's okay. Yeah, I'm not approved. I mean, yeah, I I, I honestly respect uh, Paul Heyman for going. Ah, I need women in my company. I need them to be valets and whatever. Hey, the porn industry's nearby. <laughs> let, me, let me go grab them. That'll, that'll work. Uh, Linda comes out wearing what I've got down here as the whitest, most generic outfit possible. So it looks nice, but she looks really uncomfortable. Is oh, the thing God, here? Yes. Like, like Linda, like absolutely does. Like Linda's obviously like bot. She is obviously like she's very built, like very muscular and quite tall. So obviously yes, for a lot, she's, of- she's the sporty. Yes. Yeah. So obviously for a lot of this, she is going to look like less, I guess expected diva presentation or whatever for it but at least in the other two she looked like she was doing okay in it this one she seemed really like off like she didn't want to be doing this one yeah it's it's a little awkward it's more awkward when paul Heyman takes a photo of her ass yes and it's even more awkward when uh, we see al snow watching on as if his young daughter just crashed the family car or something <laughs> I, I do i do kind of like the al snow disapproving dad like style yeah, that he's got here bless him Bless his little cotton socks. Up next then is Stacy, uh, and the note I have here is Stacy's outfit is red. <laughs> My note that I've got here is Stacy red. Mm. <laughs> yes. um, not for him. It was red. You know? What do you do from there? What? How do we? How? One. So a thing that you notice for a lot of this like competition here is the judges have a lot of like paper on their thing as well, and they're taking a lot of notes. I want to know what the hell they're writing notes of, because they clearly just wrote Stacy red. Like, what do you? What? What do you? She's here in red underwear, and that's you know, it's great. It's red. Sure. Uh, it's 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 okay. What do you do from this? What do you get from this? Maven, though. Maven's shocked <laughs> by the arseness of the outfit. Oh, uh, Maven. Maven was my favourite judge, because every time they panned to him, he looked like he was a child seeing boobs for the first time. <laughs> like, he literally, he looked like a coconut. One big, like, circle there for the mouth, and two big circles for the eyes. <laughs> just staring on, going, whoa! Ah! It's fantastic. Oh, Maven. That's your kayfabe girlfriend's best mate, you bad man. How could you? He's a bad, bad man. Like Rikishi. He is. Well, much like Rikishi. So, um, up next then is Jackie, who is wearing denim shorts, and then she isn't. Jackie Gator was... This was the worst outfit of the of this uh, round here, because I don't know what the hell was going on. She had red shoes, red heels on, denim shorts, a cyan underwear, and then she takes the denim shorts off to reveal, wow, she has underwear on. 
Why yeah. Why did you have the shorts? Why is it the wrong colour? What's going on, Jackie Gator? What are you doing? <laughs> the note I have here is, Bet Her and Linda are really glad they won those contracts. Yes. <laughs> They've been on TV for about a month now, and they've been in their underwear like three times by now. What a great look. I... How much How much was uh, Maven in his underwear when he started, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps not enough. Who's to say, really? <laughs> I, n- n- I, what I was going to say earlier, I, I think it's interesting how when you watch the season of Tough Enough that these two came through on, they're both quite athletically built. Jackie's got, she's got a bodybuilder's arms. Yes. But she's got, she's quite uh, glamorous and as, as we've alluded to on previous episodes and there's nothing wrong with this they wanted a beautiful blonde and they got a beautiful blonde in Jackie yes Linda on the other hand is also athletically built but I think it's interesting how during her tenure with WWE Jackie becomes more and more soft non-chiseled diva and Linda becomes more sort of chiseled bodybuilder type I will not make because co- now, I will now not, that I, Jackie's now that Jackie's out of WWE, she's back into the bodybuilding. Yeah, I will also to be fair, tough. Uh, Linda uh, getting built and obviously becoming Shadikra and all the stuff there is um, uh, a highlight. I I think that she, I think it suits her really well. I think she's really good on how her presentation looked. She I tell you what, she's fun and she added a bit of fun to the the Basham brothers. Who yes. who are they? They sound rubbish. Oh, they're, they're, they'll be shit when they show up. I am, I, and they oh, were. <laughs> I like the Bashams, I'll be honest. Like, I've got a soft spot for the Basham brothers. Aww. I think they're great. I, have, I think it's like, Shaniqua for me as well, and this is like, you know, obviously Linda Shaniqua, whatever uh, ring uh, thing. Mm. You have a bunch of like these women who are obviously built up as like these big dominant forces. You have like China, you have Rhea mm. Ripley nowadays, yes. you have Beth Phoenix. I'm surprised mm. they never went full on for Linda slash Shaniqua going on for that full dominant run as much. Like they did it with like... Uh, I think Jacqueline for a bit maybe, but they never really did it for Linda for that kind of like no. building up or like coming in hard. Which like it feels like she suited perfectly for that. It's strange. I can only imagine that maybe they saw that Jackie Gator match and got cold feet with Linda as well. Yeah, that's that, that's you know that's that's well, that's fair. That's also the the issue of bringing in two new people and then not properly training them up. I guess absolute greenies and not tra- training them at all. Yeah, Linda would have done great Weird. in NXT. Do you know what she probably would have actually? Yeah. Born in the wrong era. Uh, Don Marie comes out. She is wearing an outfit. I think this outfit was really good. Um, I've got down that it's boring as fuck. Ah, a difference of opinion. <laughs> you know, there, there you go. We've got some excitement here on this exciting show. Um, I thought it was really nice, but to be fair, I also think Dawn Marie's really nice. So that's probably biasing sure. me there. Um, I mean, I, I liked it. I thought, I thought she did it well. Again, in the context of coming out in your underwear, uh, I thought it was good. It wasn't the greatest one there, but it was good. It was alright. Uh, I I did like Heyman trying to inject a little bit of comedy by pretending to drop his camera. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so, uh, Terry comes out with a wooden chair. That what? is not clothes, Terry. <laughs> what? I, I, my notes are... So, obviously, I, for each of my notes, I've written down what they were, like, what the style of thing they were wearing, and then my uh, score. For Terry, I just wrote, chair... That's a chair. Why is there a chair? <laughs> what are you doing? I'll tell you what she's going to do with the chair. She's going to sit on that chair. 
Wow! Really? Really pushing the envelope out. It's like, I saw that chair, and I saw her bring out an empty chair, and I immediately got reminded, I don't know if you know about this, when Clint Eastwood in the (laughs) 2000... Somehow I knew you were going this way. Clint Eastwood (laughs) brought out an empty chair that had President Barack Obama uh, invisibly sat on it, who she interviewed, (laughs) and I was like, Terry has brought out a chair. Please don't start interviewing an invisible Vince McMahon. And then oh, she God. she brings up the chair. She leans over the chair for a bit. And then she just leaves the chair awkwardly on the stage. And, like, yeah. I can't even remember what she was wearing because she just came out with a chair. <laughs> the, the chair superseded it. Uh, Heyman did pretend to take a selfie, uh, just ensuring he got Terry's ass in the shot, which was quite funny, I thought. I am impressed that somebody could try and do a selfie with a disposable camera, to be honest. That is yeah. quite a feat. <laughs> As we cut over to King and Cole, there's a surprise entrant. Oh. Are you ready for this, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, well, first of all, you do have to mention that, uh, for some reason, Michael Cole is on fanning duty for Jerry Lawler. <laughs> like, oh, sm- smacking a piece of paper around going, Calm down, as Lawler's dying of sweat and horniness. Well, the surprise entrant will calm him down, because it's Mae Young! She was the best one in this one. She won. <laughs> oh, we love Mae Young. Mae Young stand for life. Uh, I feel like Michael Cole wasn't told about this, because he's covering his mouth to stop himself laughing. It's really funny as well, because obviously this is this is yes. the era of Mae Young has come back into like that Rufus Aggression era, and she's just being a mental old woman, and it's great. This is <laughs> I the, fucking love Mae Young. This is the era when she, like, I think she told Told at one point Hardcore Holly to just punch her as hard as he could. <laughs> she told Bubba Ray to just put her straight for a table as hard as possible. Oh, she yeah. was out there wrestling matches hard way and bleeding hard way. And here she Genuine is. Genuine hard bastard. Yeah, and know. here she is coming out on the stage in a pair of slippers and a one piece outfit, throwing her boobs at the audience <laughs> and strutting down for, again, Distracting away from the actual competition and making it to one of the highlights. It is worth pointing out, I believe she was in her 70s at this point, in case anyone's not familiar with Mae Young. Oh, how was this? This was after the Mae Young and Mark Henry hand incident, wasn't it? Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, so as May strips off, we cut to black and go to an ad break. Um, now, i got to say, as funny as I do think Mae Young always is, and how she always throws herself in with full gusto, I, which I adore of her, um, this is a very baffling decision to put on this particular show that they've advertised as a sexy lingerie yeah. contest. I feel like this wasn't going to net them any repeat views. Yeah, it's, it's very... Because, again, it's that weird mix of we're trying to do a soft core, get your rocks off, excitement, porn, whatever. But then it's mm. got that WWE veneer over it, and that means it's had Vince McMahon in it. And Vince McMahon can't look at a horny woman for long enough without going, how do I make this funny? Or, or funny, yeah. funny to him. And that involves old woman coming out and going I'm old, everyone look, it's the old woman, and uh, also at the end of it, Mae Young doing a DX crotch chop, which, <laughs> I don't know if she just like flexed right there at Paul Heyman, which was impressive, but yeah, it's one of those WWE, we can't mix, we, we have to mix in a level of Vince McMahon child humour just to into this show, which then ruins any sellability here of this just being, like, a, a cheap softcore porn. And then, like, you know, but it's not also funny enough for somebody to want to repeat to watch this. So I don't know what it's the point is. Strange. Speaking of pointless, we get a little bit more King TV <laughs> uh, as we see Terry tell Nydia and Linda that Rico doesn't know what he's on about, and they're both sexy. 
Uh, the three of them then compliment one another on their outfits, and they decide they're going to swap bras, which, it is implied, ladies and gentlemen, will mean they have to get their nipples out. I I wrote the words solidarity lesbian threesome bra swap. <laughs> and that's all you that's free women. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be hand on heart honest here. I don't know how this would work. As a bloke who has no experience wearing a bra, these three women seem to be different sizes. I feel like this wouldn't work. Also, I don't know what a bra swap means. And being <laughs> being an woman I have come across <laughs> things that exist. I, you wouldn't do a bra swap because usually your bra is fitted for you. Yeah, like generally. like you can swap tops, you can swap like uh like bottoms or whatever for that. You can swap shoes if that fits. But a bra is, you know, there's no point doing a bra it's swap personal, unless it's purely to imply, oh, my boobies will be out for a moment here while the bra's not on. Ah, uh, but you see, the jig is up because. The trio reveal they already know about Jerry's camera, and they have no intention of stripping off. So, to punish King, Terry sends Mae Young out to snog Jerry's face off until the fabulous bastard Moolah drags her away. Fuck fabulous Moolah. This Moolah segment is also really weirdly presented, because whilst Mae Young is there, you know... Uh, ha ha funny Vince McMahon finds this funny eating mm. eating Jerry Lawler's face and leaning over him Moolah... which admittedly yes funny <laughs> yes yes funny but also you know funny in the way that you know Vince McMahon is going that's great um, you have fabulous <laughs> Moolah coming up going like Mae Young no and then whilst this happens Michael Cole plugs her autobiography shilling the fuck out of my, which uh, means Moolah's autobiography you have this such weird moment of Jerry Lawler being accosted by Mae Young Mae Young and and then vomiting into his own hat while Michael <laughs> Cole tries to sell a horny audience a autobiography about the fabulous fucking Moolah, which is an autobiography that will obviously not mention any of the terrible stuff she did. So you've got no. Mae Young, Jerry Lawler, Cole... And incidentally, not published by WWE Books. No! So just, getting no money from this. Just a random autobiography. You've got the weirdest quad of people you could possibly have in a segment here for the most terrible segment you could possibly concoct. <laughs> I think King was just throwing up at the idea that they might be giving Mulan money. Yep. 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 <laughs> I did like that how May didn't want to leave until Mulan told her there was an open bar. The open she was bar. Like, right, off I go. <laughs> I so yeah, May Young's character is also just really weird because I I can never tell if they're pre like presenting her as like this big strong woman who you know fights nowadays or this drunk old stupid old hag <laughs> who doesn't know what she's doing. It's like what are you selling her as? What are you doing for her? <laughs> Why not both? That's what I say. God. Mae Young was great on this show, but this She's I don't know great. why she was here, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> uh, Coach asks Edge who he has on the leaderboard, but Molly Holly's music hits, and she comes out onto the stage dressed as an angel, wings and all. Oh my god, I love this fucking character so much. It's, I love this woman. It's really great, especially because... Um, so obviously we saw her as uh, as before she was out there parading with the sign and she's here mm. in a completely different outfit which implies <laughs> that she yeah, which implies she was done protesting outside and was like okay I'm done with my protest I'm going to go inside I have this pre-prepared angel costume I'm going to put on this angel costume and these wings and then once all these women are done I'm going to go out there and start protesting <laughs> on the stage which also means Mad. that this bra and panty segment has two 
special guests in it. Mae Young and Molly Holly, which just, why? (laughs) (laughs) So Coach asks what Molly's doing here, as she wasn't invited. And Molly says she supposes that's because she doesn't have any plastic parts. And she says she knows Coach is thinking she has a big behind, but yells (laughs) that she didn't ask him and pie faces him, which means Coach corpses to absolute fuck and walks off. Also... Um, uh, she just starts just going on a rant before she gets pulled away by security. Talking about the size of her ass bone? Yeah, she doesn't have a big behind. It's big bone. Big bones in her ass. <laughs> she has wide hips and a narrow, muscular lower lumbar. <laughs> I love Molly Holly, man. I'm sorry, just reading it out loud just fucking cracked me again. I love the idea um, that just like her character is one, just, you know, obviously protesting against it, but also saying that her attributes are different, just like she has a big lumbar and a massive ass bone, and she's built, she doesn't have the big titties, big plastic titties, but she is here, it's just, I love you Molly, thank you for being here, you saved the show for me. She kinda did. Uh, As she says she isn't here to entertain the lustful desires of the fans, she is dragged off stage by security. Great. (laughs) Backstage, Rico says Molly's ass would never be thong worthy, and I'm starting to think that perhaps Kim Kardashian was an actual trailblazer for changing societal acid Thank great, superb, 10 out of 10 for that one there. (laughs) Also, with what Rico is doing here, it's so obvious he's not in a room with anybody else. Right, I've got Rico talks to a clearly empty room. Yeah, we keep writing (laughs) the exact same thing. He should have drawn an eyeline on the wall. Yes, Rico speaking to empty room clearly is what I wrote down. He's there and he goes like, ah, Molly Holly would never, you know, as you said. And then he starts going, ah, you are wearing that and you are wearing that, just randomly looking across the room. And then they dub in one of the women talking back to him, clearly not in the same room as him. And it's like, was he not available (laughs) to speak to the women? Were they busy? What was happening? (laughs) Very strange. Uh, so he tells the girls to prepare for the fantasy free-for-all, and we cut back to the main room, where King dejectedly tries and fails to smear May's lipstick off him. There is also a weird thing, which uh, I noted here and noted previously, which is that <clears throat> as you destroy your room... <laughs> I, I'm very sorry, I just walloped everything. Out. I see you're so excited about the fantasy free-for-all that you're destroying everything in I, your part. I, I'm so excited about the fantasy, I've knocked over my can of Fanta, see? <laughs> ah! Oh, you're, you're on fire today with those, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, but, so, the, they have, for this, they have, like, theme music set up that randomly plays, but there's two different themes that they have on the show. Like, earlier in the show, it's Making My Way Downtown, and then here it's like, Go Baby, Go Baby, but they, like, randomly use these two songs just over these transitionary things, but it just feels Mm. like it was edited by, like, a child. (laughs) It's just randomly these songs play, and it plays, like, this generic intro thing, and then it just goes through to the next part of the show, and I feel like they were just filling to make it reach an hour? I don't know why these Uh, exist. uh, I, I don't know what could lead you to suspect that, <laughs> other than the fact that they definitely were. Absolutely. So King says the final round will be like a dream come true. Like the dream that Cole told him about with the Dutch girl wearing clogs and some incredibly inappropriate euphemism. I I just wrote the words Dutch girl? Question mark? I don't... <laughs> like, I get, obviously, the thing of, like, you know, the ha-ha-ha, the things, whatever. I never knew it was Dutch. I thought that was Austrian, that joke. I, <laughs> the Netherlands doesn't have any hills, and those are usually <laughs> women on hills. I don't know what Jerry... Europe. Europe is just one country to Jerry Lawler, and it's the Netherlands. <laughs> Cole, uh, Cole, the sort of fireback, he protests, telling Jerry he told him about that dream 
extreme incompetence, which is kind of a funny little line. I'm sure Michael Cole nowadays is enjoying the Viking Raiders in Valhalla <laughs> for that different thing of being there like a Dutch woman. <laughs> yeah. So the fantasy free for all begins. I hate this bit, this by the way. I need to clarify that I hate this. This is what ruined the show for me because oh, this no. is so awful, and I need to hold myself back from not ranting about what's going to happen in this segment. This here. is this is the fetish parade, isn't it? Yes, and there's a specific, there's a couple of specific things here in the fetish parade that make me genuinely upset. <laughs> oh no! Well, first of all, uh, Nydia comes out dressed like. A farmer's daughter. Yes. Uh, my my immediate question is, why would you bring the funny one out first? Yeah, because you know, just the the story makes no sense. But yeah, like so, Nydia obviously is again being played up for this. Like you know, she's a bit sort of, as you said, as Coach called her earlier, tawdry. So she comes out with this farmer thing again, looking nice, but being like labelled like she isn't. But hmm. yeah, you open up with the farmer's daughter and Nydia trying to play up the farmer's daughter thing and like blowing in the bubble gum, but then having to put it back in her mouth. And it's like, okay, why are you opening with this? <laughs> Uh, I get maybe maybe they wanted to get the next little bit out of the way because uh, we very quickly cut backstage yes. where Rico is seething that Nidia isn't doing it right and he says he'll do it himself. Oh no, Rico! Oh no, Rico! <laughs> so out comes Tori dressed like a sort of sexy baby spot. Oh, okay, with Sorry. a big lolly. <laughs> I have written in capital letters: "This is fucked. Do not do this on TV." Yep. Uh, I wrote, that's a child, that's a fucking child, that's a goddamn child, and then Michael Cole on commentary straight up calls Jerry Lawler a pedophile, and Jerry Lawler agrees. Why? 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 In the, with hindsight, of Jerry Lawler's legal troubles to do with possibly having relations with a child, you have Tori Wilson coming out- Which we have to stress was legally never proved. Legally alleged, but you have Tori Wilson- and coming out dressed as a sexy child, and you have Michael Cole implying that Jerry Lawler loves children, and you have Jerry Lawler saying, yes, <laughs> yes he does. <laughs> Why is this allowed? I get it's from the era, but she is dressed as a child. Why? <laughs> it's so odd. It's so... I'm guessing this... Yeah, gu guessing this wasn't the round winner for you, then. No! No! This nearly made me turn off the show! It's awful! <laughs> it's not right, is it, lads? It was saved, however, by the next one here, and I will hold myself back, because you know what happens next. <laughs> yes, out next, uh, Linda comes out as a dominatrix. Yes! Paul Heyman <laughs> looks on with intrigue, clearly making a mental note for next year's booking sheets. Yes, so if anybody doesn't know who I am and hasn't ever followed my Twitter or whatever, <laughs> then... Uh, all you need to dis all you need as a description here is that Linda here is right up my alley. Um, so, yep, she's obviously you know this is a precursor to what would then be her Shaniqua gimmick. She would later yeah. re-encapsulate this as the dominatrix that ball gags and ties up the Basham brothers. Um, I own this was only the point here when I was actually watching through when I clicked that Linda and Shaniqua were the same character, mm -hmm. and I then went oh, and then I went oh, I love Shaniqua. That's great. Yeah. Uh, she she looks really good. She actually looks comfortable doing this. She looks yes. like she's having a lot of fun. They make a lot of sexual comments or commentary about BDSM, and I'm like, okay, stop ruining it. And well, it's it's the low hanging fruit. Yes, it's like oh, spank so, me. Ah, oh, thank you, Jerry Lawler. But no, <laughs> Linda is. This is the best. Obviously, I, I'm biased, but this was the best appearance of the show, and also in this fantasy uh, whatever category, the only good outfit. 
Yeah, and the next one, as if to prove that, is a fucking stinker. I don't know uh, what it is. <laughs> Coach fails to pretend he isn't bored shitless mm-hmm. as Terry comes out wearing some kind of dreamcatcher pants with LED lights in them. So, obviously, yeah, Coach is doing like a description for each of these when he introduces them because the audience is clearly so stupid they don't know what a, a clothing looks like. They can't just use their eyes and work out what is happening. And mm. so he gave a description of Nidia. Here she is, the farmer's daughter. He gave a description for Tori, uh, skirting around the fact it's a child. Uh, he gave a description <laughs> for Linda, dressed as a dominatrix. And then, as you said, describes Terry as wearing a dreamcatcher. Spoiler alert, this is not what a dreamcatcher looks like. She's got, <laughs> like, white and blue underwear and pants. Basically, the bra and panties again. But with, like, light-up... Accoutrement on the things that is like flashing lights on it, but then she then comes out and just sort of does her uh, Terry thing, and I was so lost about what was happening here that I I I tried to work out what was the fantasy here, and you know what, what I I am somebody who knows a fair amount of what those kinks and fetishes could be. <laughs> I have never encountered somebody that goes, "Ooh, it lights up like fucking shoes that you smack on the floor with your heel." That doesn't really turn anybody on. That's, I, that's what this show was missing. Healy's. Yeah, Healy's. I'd Terry. Terry was awful on this show. Not No, again, I think you'd said, obviously, in our messages when we said that Terry is great in uh, outside and she seems lovely yeah, outside of it. Yeah, she seems to be a genuinely sweet lady. But on this but, oh show... Oh my god, I can't fucking stand this character. On this show, she is God awful repeatedly. Mm, she's not great. She is last place for me in every so category. So here's, here's the sequence of events then. She comes out, she flirts with Al. Uh, Heyman pretends not to be interested. Uh-huh. But then she puts her ass in his face. So he reaches for the camera, and then, uh-oh, his camera breaks. And then here's the punchline, reaches into his pocket, he's got another camera. Yes, yeah, so and now I just to get that out while Terry is walking away. <laughs> yeah. I want to know why that's the one that he was desperately trying to take photos of. <laughs> it's so strange. Hey, man. Uh, out next, and I don't know what fetish this is, Dawn Marie comes out wearing assless chaps. A middle-aged Shawn Michaels takes note. So, I can uh, elucidate you here for this, because I, oh, I knew you would question this. <laughs> so, okay. this is, for some reason, a wi- she looks like Mickey James. I want to make this first and foremost. She a bit, She's got, like, the flared, like, pants that Mickey James wore yes. in, like, her end of TNA run and when she came back to WWE, that sort of really nice-looking yeah. style here. Uh, assless chaps is usually a kink of the leather community. It's usually okay. like, you know, like, dress up as like a leather cowboy, and it's all leather, and then the ass is hanging out, because ooh, a little bit of flirty. But sure. she's also wearing assless chaps here that are designed in, like, 1970s glittery ABBA-style sequin, <laughs> which is a different kink entirely. So her fantasy fetish free-for-all entry is cheating, because it's too combined. Um, but she she looks she looks fine she looks good but i also don't again it's not really if you're trying to go for the category here of let's play up for the fans for the fantasy this is a weird one because it's not Very really strange. it's not re- again it's not like her and terry i think we're just like running out of i like outfit like you know like i would have imagined that you'd have come out if you're doing a fantasy fetish thing in like a playboy bunny outfit 
or mm. like a leather outfit or something like that. Something like it's going to be really gimmicky and really obvious, but it's going to be the expected thing that somebody does. Coming out here in Mickey James's gear is weird. <laughs> it feels like Don Marie and Terry got the last two costumes in the out of the costume bin, you know? Or, like, they had the other women ready for this show, and then these two also turned up as available, and they were like, ah, oh, uh, sure, here you go. The seamstresses have made this for you. This was someone's ring gear, quickly. Get the ass out of it. There you go, here you go. So, Jackie comes out next, and she's dressed as a harem girl, which is actually, is, uh, this is a pretty fun costume, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, it's a fun costume, slightly problematic with current uh, yes. modern things, because obviously, you know, the idea of a harem being sexualized is, uh, I, I mean, I don't need to explain to people why that's a bit problematic. No, but... see, now that, you've, now that you've said it out loud, I've realised, oh shit, that's actually yeah, really but I mean, it, I mean, it is also an established fetish and kink that people it have, is. and, you know, at the time, obviously, less... Uh, worried about being uh, politically correct. So I wrote down uh, problematic but well executed. Sure, we'll go with that. Uh, She takes her veil off and puts it on Edge's face, which makes him look a bit like Melina from Mortal Kombat. Also makes him look a bit like he was in the COVID-19 pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) The incredibly prescient Jackie Gator. (laughs) Al Tut disapprovingly. Yes. Um, out next then is uh, Stacey uh, Keebler, dressed as a schoolgirl. Uh, I've just written in all, I've just written in all caps here. Uh, this is fucked. Do not do this on TV. Yes. Second. So if one, if Tori coming out dressed as a baby and sexualizing a baby isn't bad enough, here's Stacey Keebler coming out dressed as a schoolgirl to sexualize that as well. Uh, now I do <laughs> have to say. This is probably one of the most famous fetishes in the UK, at least. Yes, it is. Sexy schoolgirl. It is. It's weird as fuck, though. It's an established kink, and it's an established fetish that people have, but as a lot of fetishes and kinks are, if you trace them back far enough, it starts getting weird. But, you know, Mm. Britney Spears was also around this time as well, so it's kind of... It's it's fair enough that this was set up, so it's not as bad as Tori being dressed as a literal baby. I will keep stressing she was dressed as an actual baby. Stacey here isn't as bad, but she is still dressed as a child, so I didn't rate it because I'm not going to rate paedophilia. <laughs> let's let's assume she's in the sixth form and she's 18. <laughs> yes, let's assume that she is legally l- legal. Um, it's it's again problematic, but well executed. <laughs> now, I I don't believe in kink shaming. However, what the fuck? I do believe in kink shaming. What the fuck? You <laughs> <laughs> of all people. I look, kink, look, kink shaming's fun as long as it's called consensual. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, again, Stacey, not as. I. I, I, I just can't go over Tori Wilson being dressed as a fucking sexual baby. It's awful. <laughs> it's so bad. It's ruined it's this whole thing. The worst. It tarnished everything with a shit brush. It's awful. <laughs> oh. So, to everyone's visible confusion. Billy and Chuck's music plays. One of the best themes in WWE history, by the way. Oh, I love theme. it. It's great. Genuinely in my top five themes of all time is You Look So, so Good to Me. Good to me. But it's so oh, good. Such a good um, and out comes Rico dressed as a Vegas showgirl. Yes, burlesque Rico. Um, Brilliant stuff. Maven cannot hold in the laugh here. I feel like they weren't <laughs> clued in. Maven fucking busts it. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious how much was actually told to the... Obviously, Michael and Lola, and also Maven, Edge, Heyman, and Al. I'm curious how much was told to them, because obviously... I think it's established Mae Young's appearance was kind of not known. Like, you know, there's clearly Michael Cole is... Sure, is, is... the reaction was too, like, 
Yeah. Michael Cole is like he fake laughs all the time. That was a real yeah. laugh. From and then Molly Holly seemed like it was properly set up. Uh, obviously, sure, you know, they, they must have known that she was out there before protesting. They knew that was happening. That, like that Molly's, Molly was probably the obvious one. Yes. as far as the judges were concerned. Rico, I think, may have. You know, it did have the implication before he was like, Diddy is not doing that properly. I'm going to go out. So they did set that up. But I think mm. after that point, it may have been, we actually haven't told them what Rico's going to come out in and what he's <laughs> going to do. And then he puts on the greatest performance of his life. <laughs> Holy shit. So. While Ma- like Maven is laughing, but then his face fucking drops when Re- Rico gets his cheeks out. Yes, uh, Rico disrobes and reveals he's wearing a huge pair of comedy breasts and a thong. Hot comedy breasts with massive tassels off of them as well as every Absolutely. good showgirl has. Uh, the judges all leave in disgust as Rico flexes his butt cheeks. Now I do have to ask you here, just out of curiosity for you, yes. who did the Vegas showgirl better, Rico in this segment here, or William Regal when that wheel was spun and it landed on the Vegas oh. showgirl match? <laughs> I mean, y- you see, when when you when you when you pose it like that, that's a very difficult question. I would be inclined to lean towards Regal though. Uh, everyone always leans towards William Regal. He's a, he's a legend, <laughs> but he is. I do you know? Apparently, that's Regal's favorite thing he ever did in wrestling yeah i have I, i've seen i've heard that interview as well i've heard him say that he was it, he just loved doing an that arena kind of... full of people reacting to him and you can't yeah. ask for anything better because well, he was everyone everyone always describes william regal as having like the attitude of like an old drag queen like he's like, <laughs> like he's along there with like paul o'grady like uh that sort of that very sort of oh i can see that yeah that very sort of like yeah. old but put together but slightly camp but very sort of fun showgirl thing <laughs> but yeah i mean rico doing a great burlesque woman here as well great great this work was very fun. I, hey listen I, there's no such thing as an unfavorable comparison to william regal yes is always gonna be and i do appreciate that also with this wwe humor here that the last showing off of somebody on this show is a man. <laughs> it's, it's... Yeah, I mean, that's a funny little punchline if yes. nothing else. I'll give him that one. Mm-hmm. So, before we wrap up the show, at the bar, Mae Young is getting smashed off her face. Yes. Uh, Moolah admonishes her bad behaviour, and May blows a raspberry at her. Fucking uh, right. You tell her, Queen. I will say as well, this cements for me that the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal should have been the May Young Battle Royal. She 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 has a May Young classic. She should have had a Battle Royal as well. She does. She's I May Young. Great great woman. Fantastic woman. If you if you don't know anything, we, we you, love May. Yeah, if you don't know enough about Mae Young, look up all of her history. Mae Young is a legend. I love that woman so much. What I think is really fascinating because like, she she is going to show up again on the podcast, but yes. I don't know when. But what I think is fascinating about Mae Young in particular, obviously the fabulous Moolah, big part of the history of the women's division in WWE, for better and worse. Mostly worse. Mostly worse. She is the longest reigning women's champion in company history. Um, so, you know, she's she is a known icon of WWE women. Yes. Mae Young, I don't think, had anything to do with WWE. No. Until she came in in the Attitude Era. Yeah, because like, it was just like, oh, here is an old woman. You you know old women, right? Remember them? Yeah. And we're like, no, we weren't watching in the fucking forties. What are you yeah. talking May, about? May Young's history is very interesting because she was she was in the territory days, and oh. her, her opening into wrestling was women were doing these like you know sh- again wrestling back there when it was actually kayfabe. They're doing these show off where they'd invite someone out from the crowd to actually fight them. And May yes. Young went up into the ring and actually just beat the piss out of one of these women, oh, and yeah. then she just ended up on the radar, floated around the territories for 
years and then just kind of ran, I think she was in WCW and NWA a little bit and then as you hmm. said her first proper appearance in WWE was the Attitude Era yeah it's it's strange but she's uh, she kind of became an icon of WWE because of the Attitude yes. Era stuff and I, I kind of love that for her um, it, it, it's one of those where you unfortunately very little footage of her in her prime is going to exist because a lot of it wasn't recorded and mm-hmm. a lot of the a lot of the stuff is that did get recorded will have degraded in quality over the years. But general consensus from wrestling historians was that she was one, an absolute hard bastard, and two, very fucking good as a wrestler back in the day. Now, obviously, as we know, women's wrestling has evolved massively over the decades. But certainly by the standards of her time, Mae Young was regarded as a standout. Yeah, so... I, I did also just check, by the way. Uh, so before she came into the WWE, her first <laughs> match in the WWF was in 1969, and then she oh, ca- there we and go. then she, so she had connection. Yeah, then. and then she came back 30 years later uh, to defeat Ivory, who also I adore. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> for being a fucking lunatic, superb woman. Anyway, that ends off uh, the Fogathon Times Square superb, great, lovely, it greatest does. ever Jeeva's Undressed Get Your Tats Out event. So before we get to uh, the reading of the final results, Katie, I'm going to ask you who did you have as your winner in each of the three rounds? Okay, so going purely... So I'm going to do this in two ways. I'm going to go off scores and I'm going to go mm-hmm. off vibes. There's, okay. So... <laughs> Uh, with the the, uh, I can't believe I tried to take this seriously. What was I doing? I'm so <laughs> glad you did. <laughs> I, look, they said it was a serious competition, and I have to respect that. You've got stats, you've got scores, you've got a little graph. Yes. So there's a pie chart on actual. Uh, so uh, we'll do this on robot war scoring, damage, speed, style, and aggression. No. Um. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> the the Teddy's category. Panel of judges. I mean, Professor Noel Sharkey. For damage, speed, and style, and aggression. That would all be jazz hitting Trish with a, a, a crutch there. <laughs> but, uh, so she wins there for the robot war scoring. Um, the Teddy's competition, the actual score who I gave the best was Jackie Gator. Uh, but based okay. on vibes, I would have given it to Dawn Marie. Sure, okay. Uh, for the bra and panties, oh boys, look it's underwear category. Uh, <laughs> my vibes, I gave it to um, Mae Young. Uh, just, I just, I just, I just love the fact that they pulled that. I thought it was fun. But on actual scoring, that went to Nidia, surprisingly. Okay. And for the awful final category of his... Tori Wilson. Tori Wilson gets punched <laughs> in the face repeatedly. Um, for actual for actual vibes, uh, mm. I gave it to... <laughs> to, to for vibes, I give it to Terry, just because I respect her for doing what the fuck that was and thinking that would work. <laughs> but obvious actual score there goes to Linda for being the only one sure. that actually successfully did that category. Sure. So on overall, uh, to, like the overall across the three, my actual mm. winner would have been Linda. But obviously they okay. weren't going to give it to Linda because you can imagine why WWE wouldn't give it to the less conventionally attractive woman who also isn't a white blonde woman. Yes. Also, she's the newbie. Also, she's new, so they can't immediately give her a prize. <laughs> but also, they are massively racist. Yes. So that does bring us to the the, the, the awarding of the Golden Fong yes. Trophy. Which so, I love, by the way, we never actually mentioned this. Uh, I, I feel I need to make this clear for everybody here, now they're actually <laughs> awarding it. The award for this is an 
a, 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 a effigy or whatever you want to call it, a silhouette of a woman's ass, gold it's like a, painted. It's an ass. Yeah, a woman's ass painted like they're in the movie Goldfinger, um, <laughs> with a thong over it, which means the woman that wins this gets to take home an actual ass as their <laughs> prize. Great. <laughs> when your mum comes around and looks at your mantelpiece and sees all the trophies you've won <laughs> and sees the ass in the middle of it, she's definitely not going to question that over family dinner. <laughs> so Coach has assembled the girls and Rico um, as Jerry Lawler opens the envelope to reveal the winner of the Golden Thong. King announces the winner is... Tori Wilson! Still dressed as a child! <laughs> I will say, in a great moment of visual comedy, and it's blink and you'll miss it, Tori walks past Donnery and sticks her lollipop to Donnery's chest. Yes. Um, which is very funny. Uh, so Tori celebrates. The rest of the divas don't look happy, and Coach decides to stir the pot. He tells Stacy, oh, she can't possibly be pleased with this result. Stacy says she should be the winner, and Tori slept her way to victory. And Tori says, at least she isn't sleeping with her 60-year-old boss. And yet again, Tori and Stacy here showing their great acting chops. Shoo- mm. Truly showing here mm. that they are Hollywood-level, Broadway-level levels of acting with the delivery of these lines here. <laughs> While dressed as children. While dressed as fucking children. <laughs> so the ladies all begin a massive fight. Uh, as the chaos unfolds, King tries to sing the girls off. He does a uh, Tyson Fury, like the end of Clash at the <laughs> Castle. When Drew McIntyre, when they forgot to end the show, when Drew McIntyre and him have a big sing-along, Jerry Lawler is just singing, crooning, basically, towards these women who are having a fight. I want this on every show. I want someone to randomly start singing over brawls that WWE do. <laughs> I, I do like the final visual of the show, which is... All of the girls being dragged off by security as we mm-hmm. as we wrap up and go to a recap of the evening. That's a funny final vision. I also can't believe that they did a recap of this show. Like <laughs> here, here are the preceding one hour that you just like. Watched. It's fine when you do it for a pay per view. That's like you know maybe it's like two, three, four hours. Like here's I, the... I love them at the end of a WrestleMania. Yeah. Like here's here's the match that opened the show. Here's the match that came after. Here's the big moments. If you've forgotten what happened in the last forty four minutes here, you don't need to be reminded. <laughs> You could just rewind the tape. You're fine. If, You're not. If you if you've forgotten what happened in the last forty four minutes, you didn't care about all of what was occurring in those last forty four minutes. Also, you if you if you've forgotten the last forty four minutes, good job, well done. <laughs> yeah, you, you you're probably a lot happier than we are right now. Oh, I had to remind myself um, what happened on this show, and I'm I'm gonna go drink alcohol for the rest of the night. It's awful. The the two word summary of this I have written down here is fucking mental. It's I I obviously I, I as soon as I watched this came to you and said this is one of the worst WWE products that I've watched. And mm. I realized obviously I, I had, you know, twenty-four hours ish to think about this after watching it. The reason why I disliked this so much isn't actually, I mean, it's not, uh, this obviously is a factor, you know, the showing off and parading around of women purely for sexual gratification as part of a wrestling company is stupid. But yes, it's also just such a pointless show. And it's oh, like, God, yeah. it's pointless in the way that, obviously this was written into a bunch of storylines, but it's one of those products that you watch and this will immediately leave my brain after today. This will not stick yes. around there were funny bits on it that will also not stick around because it is just utterly, utterly devoid 
of any excitement in my brain. And it sits in that same caveat as like a really boring three-hour episode of Raw, where you mm. watch it and you're engaging and going, I guess stuff is happening here. But you get to the end of it and you're like, I just watched that. I have immediately forgotten everything I just watched. You just go, uh, and then you move on. I finished watching this. I sent you a couple of messages and then I went to bed. And this was not in my brain at all today until we've done this again now. <laughs> this just, it's, 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 it's like throwing spaghetti at the wall and it immediately slips <laughs> off the wall. It's not staying. I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head here because you, you mentioned how pointless this is because the thing is this was the only one of these specials they had I'm pretty sure uh, despite so... despite Michael Cole repeatedly on the show saying we should do one in Chicago and one in yeah. Memphis and one in you know let's do all this every year and it's just like we should do yeah. this every year they're not going yeah, to not gonna so it didn't go anywhere. No, uh, it didn't become an annual thing. Great, it did uh, anyone that was tuning in hoping to see women in their pants, uh, underpants again? Sorry, American listeners, uh, they'll have been disappointed. So uh, anyone wanting to see the WWE divas will have probably have been bored shitless for most of it. Uh, you can't say, oh, if you really like these women wearing not very much, watch them on Raw and SmackDown because they'll be wearing more generally speaking so it doesn't even work from that perspective <laughs> it's very odd i'm trying to wrap my head around like what is the thought process behind literally any of this? my feeling is and uh you know you can blame all the ills of wwe on one 60 70 80 year old man who sits in his room yes. and goes ha 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 vince mcmahon wanted to do this on a whim and he had sure. en- he had enough yes men and no no people because he's never had <laughs> them before who didn't stop him from putting this on, and this was an excuse for Vince to get a bit you know oh yeah and Jerry Lawler to go ah and just all the all the men in the locker room to go ah you know here's the women showing themselves off. But it's just in that same category as when they put on like a mud wrestling match or put on a bra and panties yeah. match or mm. here's Sable in a Playboy shoot. It's just to have the women be sexual enough that the men can go, oh, go on, for a little bit, and that's it. Besides that, there's no point to it. And they add storylines no. into it, but those storylines also have no point to them. Those are women's storylines in the early 2000s with no point to them. It will be years mm. until you start if, getting women that matter and storylines that matter for them. If it doesn't involve the belt and or Trish Stratus, your storyline in this era is not going to count for a great deal if you're a female. Yes. Um... I, do you know, honestly, like, thinking about it, I can only imagine this was a mad panic. Because I, I get the feeling they were offered the TV time. I'm like, oh, hey, do you want an hour TV special? Yeah, brilliant, we'll take that. And then they're sort of going, oh, fuck, how do we fill this? Well, we have a venue. We don't have to pay for use of the world in New York. Let's do something there. Oh, God, what do we do? Fucking hell, fucking hell, fucking hell. This very much is one of those things that it feels to me like they... They wrote it, and it was done, and much like you said, once it's happened, it's in the past and it's forgotten, let's move on to to Raw the next week. If I have to compare this to any other thing that WWE has ever produced, it is that couple of animated shorts of Vince McMahon's ass. Oh, Jesus. It is purely sexual, bottom-of-the-barrel, sex-and-comedy that nobody cares about and the only reason we're watching it is because it happened around this time 
No one will elve- No one will go out of their way to buy this DVD. Nobody will go out of their way to watch this unless they are desperately wrong in the brain. Uh, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we suffer through it, so you don't have to. Yes, we do. Do not try this at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, don't. Bodies have been bruised. Yeah, mainly Careers me. Mainly... ended in an instant. <laughs> it's, it's, that, it's that padding of, like, the do not try this at home. I broke my back, but it's like Mae Young throwing her tits and Rico getting out there in a burlesque outfit. <laughs> Matthew, oh, quick, edit I this need, for Botchamania. I need to see that now. <laughs> I need to see that, lads. Come on. Uh, right, okay. I'm going to say my final verdict is the quote-unquote sexy parts were all cringeworthy and embarrassing, but the comedy was pretty decent on the whole and i think that's my final verdict it was making chicken shit making chicken shit into slightly less chicken shit yes that's probably the kind of trying to work with what they had they did uh, as well as you could expect but no better (laughs) now i'm gonna ask a very difficult question now oh dear because obviously on this podcast usually we wrap up by asking, what are your highs and lows of this show? <laughs> it, it's it's not going to work quite as well this time around, but favourite and least favourite bits on the show, what what do we think? I, I I think we can make some highs and lows out of this. Even even mm. even a nuclear explosion has some good, probably. Um, so it's, uh, well, it's, uh, From a scientific standpoint, a, we learn things. Yeah, yes. we, we get to learn science. Um, so, <laughs> low points are... Letting Jerry Lawler off the leash and just having him go wildly mm. horny for an hour because yeah. at least usually on actual wrestling commentary when Jerry Lawler starts shouting puppies penis I'm horny uh, it starts getting covered up by Michael Cole going let's look at the wrestling Lawler um, yeah so just letting Lawler be as horny as possible is bad um, Having Tori fucking Wilson dressed as a child, a baby, and then winning the competition dressed as a sexual baby is such a sour note in my head. It's I I hate it. I hate it so much. For for me, that is absolutely. And you though I, I if I had to pick, I I would say yes. Those are the big two. Yes. If I had to pick a single one, it's it's Tori's costume. It's not. I think, oh, Jesus Christ! I, like I was gonna say, it's not aged well. I can't imagine this played very well in two thousand two. She's dressed as a baby. Yes, there's there's dress- a baby lads. There's a baby. there's the no. schoolgirl established kink as one level of bad. There's wearing a fucking baby's one piece, which is terrible. There. And okay, to go back to what we said earlier, one hundred percent yes, kink shaming this one. Yes. Absolutely. If you if you are into babies, you are naughty and wrong and bad and should stop doing that. Uh huh. And then high point of the show, um, yes. which uh, oh, there's so many to choose from. Um, so <laughs> oh, I'm spoiled for choice here, LT. Um, high point of the show, I think. And this is this is going to be a slight. Jerry Lawler's penis. Oh, his erection. Wow. Anyway, um, I think, and this is going to be a slightly wanky answer, but it's the best I can present here, is just the women putting up with this and doing as well as they can with it. Like, it seems like at least, like... That's fair. Like, Nydia was coming out and she was playing up that gimmick there. You know, she had a bit of a gimmick and a character and she was clearly playing that up. uh, Terry, as much as her character here sucked, she was playing it well and consistently... 
all of them were putting in as much effort as possible to make this as good as possible for an awful show like this. And I do mm. just have to respect that they were told this. And I feel like they... I, obviously, I said earlier that Molly Holly has a level of self-respect. Not to say these women <laughs> yeah. don't, but they sure. were they were at least, you know, taking this and being like, right, they want us to do this. That's fine. We'll do this for an hour. Okay, let's try and do this as well as possible. That's... I, I have to give them kudos for being sexualized, but, you know, at least trying as hard as possible to make it well presented, I guess. The yeah. men on the men on the show can all go to fuck. I don't care. <laughs> Lawler can go in a bin outside with Moolah. So <laughs> I am going to say my my highlight of the show, I'm going to give it to Midia, honestly, because and I'm sure you know regular listeners were probably thinking I was going to say Molly Holly easy win, but Molly Holly is doing her regular character here. This yes. wasn't challenging for her. She is great, and I do like her, and she she you know gave me some of the best laughs on the show. But she's just doing her regular stuff. Nidia is very much out of the comfort zone here, so she's doing the comedy stuff as well. She's also being put upon by Coach. And on top of all that, she's being ogled by a couple hundred people in her underwear. So for me, for the trifecta of all that, I think Nydia wins the the high point of the yeah, show for this. Yeah, I at least appreciate again that for Nydia there, she was... They had they because again because it's always just the straight up bottom of the barrel. They have the sexy women and they have to have the one woman who's a bit different to the rest. And Nydia was put into that category. She did great. She did great with it, and she is still attractive. And they were trying to take that away from her, but she was fine. She's great. She was doing yeah. lovely. So I think Jonathan Coachman was mean to her. He was very mean. The big wank. I get to add this to a big board of why I don't like Jonathan Coachman <laughs> and <laughs> slap it all. Mean I to will Nydia. say. I will say they do. I don't know if we're if things are going to line up on the timeline to cover these, but they, I credit where due, they do get better with these because when we get like, uh, the Halloween costume like trick or treat matches or whatever, they're all wearing funny costumes or whatever. You'll have one usually, and they'll be in the comedy costume, and it'll be the most unsexy thing. Like one year, I am pretty sure Victoria came dressed up as the banana from the peanut butter jelly time dance, which is not only not sexy, but it's fucking mental. And I love Victoria for doing that. And many 18 to 20 year olds watching at home discovered they had a really weird fetish by watching that. <laughs> oh! Oh, God! <laughs> Well, I don't know whether you've now ruined or improved bananas for us, but I think that's a fine note to end on. That sounds like a and line. Now... That sounds like a line Michael Cole would have said on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was WWE Divas Undressed. Let us never speak of it again. Hey, give it its proper title, the Fongathon. <laughs> the th- New York City. Put respect Fong-a-thon. on this serious thing we watched. I will not, Casey. <laughs> Thank you so much for being a part of this. Why did we risking... do this? <laughs> why, why did we do this? Why Why did I allow this to happen? Do you know something? John Cena debuted this week. This is a very important <laughs> week in WWE history. <laughs> Wait, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, he should have debu- he should have debuted at the Fongathon. That would have been great. Holy shit! Deb- that put, been put, put the prototype John Cena on the judging panel. That would have been great. <laughs> Like, talk about your two ends of the spectrum here. Like, the future face of the, the industry debuts the same week as the Thongathon and the Golden Arse Trophy. Fucking unbelievable. 
Oh boy, Katie, let me ask you a question. Where can our lovely uh, listeners find you online and is it a good idea for them to do so? Yes, do you want to do that after this show? Uh, so, I, um, I previously on the previous show, uh, I was under Katie Lawson on Twitter. I've changed that because I have a job and I don't want that Twitter account linked towards my real job. <laughs> so, you can find me on mad underscore dog underscore maddie, which is a different name just to make sure that's not linked towards me. If you try and find me anywhere else, I will sue you. Um, <laughs> um, uh, that's pretty much the only place that you can find me. Uh, uh, besides that, uh, send a pigeon out and it might find me. <laughs> we we love pigeons. We do love pigeons. They're, they're, they're all right. Especially those pigeons much, in much... Times Square, the sexiest... Anyway. <laughs> the sexiest pigeons in all of New York. Uh, as for me, then, ladies and gentlemen, you can find me on Twitter at LPDangerous, or you can find the show on Twitter at RAWELIVED. You can email us, LTRuthlessAggression at gmail.com. Uh, you can uh, find us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash RAWELIVED. Um, hopefully a few new little bits and bobs popping up there soon. Uh, if you enjoyed this, uh, there is a review of one of the Divas DVDs. So if you want to see Undertaker's wife, Sarah, climb on some rocks, then boy, do I have the DVD review for you. That's really what I was missing from my life, is Sarah climbing some rocks. Sarah Taker on some rocks. <laughs> what a weird fucking evening I have had recording <laughs> this. I don't know. I feel like up is down, left is right, cats are dogs, and wrestling is golf. I don't understand anything anymore. I'm going to burn this notebook. <laughs> Great! And, and it's not it, it, its not even an actual notebook that you're talking about. It's an Apple Chromebook notebook. Ah! <laughs> Apple Chromebook? What Apple Chromebook. Google Chromebook. Oh god, you've oh, ru god. we've ruined our brains with this. Let's end this before oh, we've ruined it anymore. I don't anymore. know what's going on. Yes, that's enough of that for one evening, I think. Right then, ladies and gentlemen, uh, what's coming up next on the timeline? Let's have a little look here. Up next... Oh... Oh, that's a good one. We are heading, ladies and gentlemen, into uh, Monday Night Raw, 1st of July, 2002, which has the main event, WWE Undisputed Championship match. The Undertaker hangs the WWE Championship above the ring in a ladder match against Jeff Hardy. Widely regarded as one of the greatest uh, matches in WWE history. Oh, and uh, at the end of that week, speaking of her and uh, her famous banana costume, 7th of July 2002, Sunday Night Heat is the debut of Victoria! So, a couple of fun ones to look forward to there. Uh, and until then, ladies and gents, thanks for joining us. Thank you to Katie for putting up with this insanity. I can't believe I got to watch this and then somebody else gets to watch Jeff Hardy vs. Taker. This is bull. <laughs> it, it, it just seems unfair, doesn't it, really? <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so, uh, lovely to have you on. Hope we'll have you back again. No, no, next, uh, next time they do something else debauched, it would inevitably be. Oh, wait, no, I know what the next one is. Oh, God. <laughs> I will be the Katie Vick incident that I come on to next The next one you're on is uh, European Championship and IC Championship. Oh, I actually get to watch wrestling. <laughs> yes! You've got an actual wrestling show, oh, don't worry. Oh, God. Uh, so, uh, join us then for some ladder match fun next time. Uh, on behalf of Katie Lawson, I've been LT Fletcher. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, see you next time. Bye! Tomorrow. Love ya.